Welcome to the Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Podcast, where we talk all things food, cooking, kitchen, and pantry storage for vehicle nomads. Once again, I have been missing in action for a few weeks, and I am sorry to report that is because one of my brothers passed away unexpectedly at the end of June, just a little bit less than two months after my mother, and um, I just wasn't into the podcasting for a bit. I've been dealing with several things and tidying up family matters and um, all of the things that go along with losing a loved one. So I am back today and I'm just here for a short check-in. I've got to get my footing back, but we're going to wade in slowly. I just wanted to check in and and tell you a few things that I've learned. We recently took a trip into Northern California and parts of Nevada, and I still don't have a 12-volt compressor fridge because the one that I had on order apparently got canceled by the shipper because nothing in the ordering process said that I couldn't use a post office box and yet apparently I could not use a post office box for delivery. I wasn't sure where I was going to be at the time that the delivery happened and I didn't want it just sitting out at a street address location um, because you never know what will happen to it once the carrier drops it off. So I wanted it to go to the post office. But apparently Um, That was not possible, and they didn't let me know that. They just canceled. So I waited until the day that it was supposed to arrive and checked with the post office, and it wasn't there. And then when I went on to the website, to the place where I had ordered it, um, I then saw that the order had been canceled for insufficient shipping address. So I will not be using an Alpacool T36, And partly um, that's now because when I went to redo the order, the Alpacool T36 is not available in several of the ordering spots that I was looking at originally and is not available from the place that I ordered this last time. So I'm thinking maybe the Alpacool T36 is not my fridge. So I'm looking at the Bodega 45 liter right now. My issue is I need it to be under 16 inches tall. Well, ideally, I would like it to be under 16 inches tall. And I'm finding most other brands are in the 17 to 19 inch range for the size that I want. Also, the Alpacool was a fridge that would draw 60 watts of power and some of the corollary fridges that I'm currently looking at draw 90 watts. I was really looking forward to the 60 watt power usage. So I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and choose one of the other brands that is slightly larger capacity um, and maybe a couple of inches taller than I want or not. The inches taller just means 
I won't have a variety of places I can keep it. I will only be able to keep it in two places instead of all the possible places. Um, so that's something to think about. And I have done endless hours of research over the last really almost two years um, to figure this out. And I am really no closer today, apparently, than I was three months ago. So what I learned recently is when you're using an ice cooler and you get the bag of ice and you're ready to put it in the cooler because you're going to do the refill, don't set it on the bench seat of the vehicle while you get your cooler ready to receive the ice because when it is 100 degrees outside, that ice bag is already dripping by the time you get it to the car. And if you set it on the seat of your vehicle for five minutes, you're going to have water dripping down through the seat to the floor and making the corner of your seat all wet. So I learned that so you don't have to learn the hard way. Um, a little bit of toweling up and, you know, with 100 degree heat, it dried pretty quickly even in the seat, but you don't want water in the foam parts of your seats. And I could have set it on the ground, but the ground is dirty and I wanted to dump the bag of ice so that it was clean so that I could also use the ice. Um, so I didn't want to set it on a dirty surface. <laughs> anyway, don't put it on your seat. So that's number one. The second thing I learned recently is, well, I mean, obviously, I already knew there are food deserts in the world, and a literal desert is probably a place where there's going to be a food desert. So driving through many parts of Nevada, I found that there are no farmer's markets available anywhere. Um, so that's something to know, because if you are driving through a desert, California, Nevada, any other desert area, um, you're going to need to know that you may not find a fresh produce stand, you may not find a farmer's market, you may not find a place to buy certain items that you might want. So stock up beforehand, which I had done, but I was really on a trek for two reasons. Um, the parts of Nevada that I hadn't been to since I was very young and wanted to revisit and I wanted to show a family member some parts of Nevada that they had never been to so that was the main focus um, but part of my trek if you will was to find farmers markets and I did find a few in Northern California that I will mention in a different podcast um, hoping that I will do several podcasts that include farmer's market information. Maybe not locations because there are apps and there are places you can Google and all kinds of things, um, ways to find farmer's markets. But I like to just find them organically as I'm driving. Here they are popping up on the road and then stop and see what they have to offer. And you find that each farmer's market has its own personality, which is really cool. And I really enjoy going and exploring all of those personalities. So I plan to do more of that as I make more travels and um, I will share. But for now, just know that there are not very many farmer's market options in parts of Nevada. Um, we went through Lake Tahoe, we went through Carson City, we went through Reno, 
We went all the way as far as Jessup. Uh, we were on our way toward Winnemucca and decided that it was too hot, too dry, and we wanted to finish up the last leg of this particular trip on the California coast. So we did a about face in Jessup and headed toward the California coast, which is always delightful. So um, that's that about farmers markets. The next thing that I wanted to share is a revelation that I had recently, and it's not all that earth shattering, but um, I realized that one of the ways that I'm going to learn to categorize and make recipes and menus um, for the upcoming book that I've been trying to write um, is in themes and not so much finished product themes so it's not Mexican food themes or Asian food themes or or any of that um, but just ingredient themes various things that you can make to make the same ingredients look different over the course of a few days because when you are using a tiny space cooler or tiny fridge and you have 38 liters I'm sorry 38 quart space or even up to 1.2 cubic feet of space to keep your food that doesn't give you a lot of space for variety so what you do is you are going to be purchasing these ingredients that will last you let's say a week at a time and you're going to need to use those same ingredients over and over until they are gone but you don't want to be bored with the same food over and over so the goal is to find ways to make the same food look different at each meal and um, so anyway the revelation was it runs in themes. You need to have an idea what you'd like to eat for the week and then you buy the ingredients that allow you to make foods that are those things that you want to eat. And then when you're tired of those, because inevitably you will be by the end of that week and you've eaten them several times, then you next go shopping for a different theme and you make those foods work for you for several days. So I'm going to be making recipes and recipe ideas based on those themes. When you have a pound of ground beef and you need to make four days worth of meals, what else do you want to put with that to make it look different each time? And what do you have room for? Um, So that is another thing that I discovered along the way. Another thing was I still haven't done any barbecuing and part of that is because now it's smoke season. I have decided that I'm going to call it smoke season because every summer we get fires, wildfires, and they are everywhere it seems along the west coast. Um, They're in Oregon, there's some in California, there were some in Nevada. Um, We stayed in an area in Washoe County, and there is wind, and so they had a ban on propane and butane stoves some of the days. They had a ban on any wood burning. They had a ban on any barbecue, any any outdoor barbecuing. So um, 
I'm finding that I may have to do the barbecue sometime in the fall or when I get to a place that is um, low in the fire danger realm. So that also means that I have taken to carrying an electric hot plate in addition to my butane stove because when I was in Washoe County we didn't want to use the butane stove because that means a little tiny bit of an open flame and they the day we were there they did not have a ban on the butane stove they were allowing it but I don't have a windscreen still I keep forgetting to get the windscreen and realized that I didn't want to ignite my stove so I we camped in a place that had shore power and I always make sure that I have the ability to use electrical power when it's available and I also made sure that I have my electric hot plate with me so that is a big consideration when you're in places with high fire danger you may not be able to use an open fire for cooking or even some of your camp stove options for cooking. So that is going to limit you to electrical power or eating cold foods or raw foods that don't require cooking. So we'll have to explore that as time goes on um, because that can be um, a really big bummer (laughs) when you need to cook something and you find that you don't have the ability to do that. So anyway, those were just a little piece of our adventures and some of the things I discovered and realized and wanted to share with you. I'm keeping it short today because um, I don't have time for a longer run today and I am still formulating some of the ideas that I want to use for the longer, um, more informational podcast. But I've been finding that if I wait to have a more polished informational podcast ready to go, then I don't always come in and do the podcast because I feel like I am not ready to do it. And so then I'm not sharing at all. And I have plenty of little tidbits to share. So I, um, once again, I've decided I can just come in and share them. And, um, if you're interested, then I think that's great. And if you are not, well, then I will catch you next time when I have something more informational for you. But hey, I think these were good points. You need to have an option for times when you can't use your camp stove. You need to have knowledge about where to put your bag of ice when you buy it so that you're not getting your vehicle furniture wet. Um, You need to know apparently that Alpacool T36 is hard to come by at this point and that you cannot order it to a P.O. box. So I hope that you are all doing well and I will see you soon on down the road.